One of the most well-known verses of Jesus' ministry is found in Luke 9, verse 23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. A show that my family has watched over the last uh, couple of years is The Mandalorian. And in this show, this community of people from Mandalore, when a life principle from this community is said aloud, they say, this is the way. When it comes to a rule or, or statute or tradition that they are going to follow, they say, this is the way. I'm in a church service. It's perfectly acceptable to say amen when it comes to uh, something that is according to the will of God, especially as tonight we consider the way in which we should live our lives. And since this is a teen-led, I thought we would do something a little different um, for, for tonight and tonight only. Um, instead of saying amen, we will say this is the way. So what will happen is, is I will say the words, this is the way, and then you as the congregation will say, this is the way, right after me. So again, let's go to the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is the way. Very good. All right. The first three words here, if anyone would, are gracious and empowering. Let me give you a picture so you can understand. The school of Jesus is a college which welcomes applications from any and all comers and corners. JCU, Jesus Christ University, does not discriminate. It will not automatically disqualify applicants, ripping up the applications of those who are of a certain gender or below a specified age. And on the other side of things, Jesus does not automatically accept you if you're of a certain skin color or from a certain neighborhood. The basic message is simply this, and make sure you get it, anyone who is willing may apply. This is the way. Now, during our time together, we will look at the following words. Come after me. Bangle says of these words, this denotes the state and profession of a disciple. The pulpit commentary adds, to come after Christ is to be his follower and disciple. Gill writes, if any man will come after me, that is, be a disciple and follower of him. And Poole rephrases the words in this way, that is, if any man will be my disciple. And I could quote from more biblical commentators, but do you get the idea? To come after me means Jesus is saying to be my disciple. Now this might lead us to ask, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What is this relationship like? Three chapters earlier, Luke records the following, and this was in our, one of our scripture readings. Jesus also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. To begin, notice that if we are going to be the disciples, 
then what will this make Jesus? It will make him the teacher. So essentially, the comparison from earlier of all of this stuff to a school, Jesus Christ University, it's all fairly accurate. We are considering, thinking about being students at Jesus' college, and he would be the sole instructor. Now, now this picture of a teacher with disciples, it all comes from Jewish culture. Their name for the teacher is rabbi, and their name for the disciples or students is Talmudim. And there were plenty of other Jewish rabbis, teachers in Jesus' day, and they each had plenty of students, disciples, Talmudim. Jesus states, a disciple is not above his teacher. So to be clear, so we understand the way things go at Jesus' school, Jesus is the teacher, we are the disciples. He knows, we do not know. He understands, we do not understand. He is wise and discerning, we are foolish and gullible. He talks, we listen. And if you got a problem with that, then this school is probably not for you. A disciple is not above his teacher. This is the way. As many of you already know, I taught high school math in my younger years. Imagine for a moment you're in my class. So, so I'm the teacher, yes, and you are the students. My job as a teacher is to teach you about math, to tell you everything I know to pass along knowledge, right? And as students, that's really all you want from me as a teacher. Mr. Middleton, teach me how to solve this problem and get a good grade. So the whole entirety of our relationship is just me sharing math knowledge with you. That's it. That's all you want from me. You know, as I, as I think about it, I, I, I can't think of many students who came to me for relationship advice. They rarely asked for my opinions on politics or economics. Uh, but even more, nobody, at least that I know of, nobody thought of the class as learning how to become just like Mr. Middleton. Nobody showed up at my classroom door wanting to learn how to be really out of shape or to have, how to have awkward conversations with females like me. Or how to hurt yourself repeatedly on the golf course, like me. Or how to be awesome at Madden 08, like me. To be a math student was simply put, all about just learning some math, period. That's it, nothing more. But Jesus continues, everyone when he's fully trained will be like his teacher. This, my friends, is how the rabbi Talmud relationship differs dramatically from our version of the teacher and student today. For the Talmud, it's not enough just to learn what the rabbi knows, but the Talmud ultimately wants to be who the teacher is. I'm going to say that again for added emphasis. For the Talmud, it is not just enough to just learn what the rabbi knows, but the Talmud ultimately wants to be who the teacher is. Enrolling at the school of Jesus is about so much more 
than just learning how to design tables or how to build chairs. It's actually about becoming, becoming the 33-year-old carpenter's son. Now let me take you to another text uh, which makes the same point, even though we don't always see it because it's loaded with good stuff. It really is this pair of verses. Jesus tells his disciples, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I mean, Jesus, what's so new about verse 34? People were saying love one another for centuries before Jesus came along. That's not new. The new part is to love just as I have loved you. Like me, Jesus says, as I do. And when you do it just like me, what will people then and only then realize? That you are my disciples and I am your teacher. Because a disciple, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher This is the way. Now, I'm going to take you to another another verse to show this point again. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Other translations have the words, You are my disciples indeed. In other words, you are real, authentic disciples. You're not fakers. You're truly disciples in every sense of the word. And when does Jesus say this happens? When you hear the word? Nope. When you believe in my word? Jesus could have said believe. He could have. I mean, believe is right there in that very verse. But Jesus didn't use it. Instead, he says, you are truly my disciples if you abide in my word. Abide like like the house in which you live. When my word is not just something you touch occasionally, something you dabble in, when it's more than just your vacation home, when it is the abode in which you live, then you are doing more than just hearing what I I, I say. Jesus says, then you are being what I say. Everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher, This is the way. Now, before we depart from that text in Luke, can we make one more point? The disciple becomes like the teacher when he is fully trained. Does anyone reasonably expect you to, in everything you say, think, and do, to be just like Jesus right now in your life? No. Your teacher, your great rabbi, Jesus, doesn't even expect that. And thanks be to God for his amazing grace, you are still being trained. I love 2 Corinthians 3.18, which which teaches, And we all, we all with unveiled face are being transformed into the same image by the glory of the Lord. We all are being transformed. We're all still being trained. I'm still being trained. We're we're all still enrolled at the school. I like to think of myself as a 29th year senior. The church is just a bunch of disciples. It's just a bunch of Talmudim who are still learning to become like the rabbi Jesus. Still learning. They have not gotten there yet. 
And one day at the end of all the coursework, when we graduate one day, the truth is, as John teaches in 1 John, we will be like him. And so to this point, we've really only discussed two things. One, a disciple is not above his or her teacher. And two, every disciple, when fully trained, will be like his teacher. Let's combine these two concepts to make another point. Jesus, in another setting, employs similar teaching. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, that sounds familiar, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. You know, if you got your Bibles and you got them open to Matthew 10, 24 to 25, those three words, underline them literally or in your mind. It is enough. It is enough. When Jesus says, a disciple is not above his teacher, think about this. The meaning is also, the disciple is not trying to become something greater or bigger than the teacher. Why are, we try, why are you trying in vain to be more than Jesus? Jesus, our teacher, has three super close friendships, Peter, James, and John, and pretty much just 12 guy friends overall, and he wasn't even married nor spent much time with family. Why are you trying in vain to be more than Jesus? Jesus, our teacher, would withdraw himself from the crowd at times, why are you trying in vain to be more than Jesus? Jesus cried. Jesus grew tired. Jesus slept. Jesus was even angry occasionally. Why are you trying in vain to be more than Jesus? One of Jesus' closest friends, Jesus could not protect him. Jesus lost him. Those are his words. Why are you trying in vain to be more than Jesus. Jesus was hated by a great number of people. A whole bunch of folks didn't like him. Why are you trying in vain to be more than Jesus? It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher. It's as simple as that. This is the way. Jesus teaches his disciples elsewhere, but you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who's in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. Rabbi, father, instructor, these are all names which the Talmudim, the disciples, remember, the students, what they would call their Jewish teachers. Jesus makes it clear that nobody on earth should be called by those names. Why not, you may ask? Because, again, to them, a rabbi is not just someone who teaches you some stuff. He's the person you want to be. And with all due respect, there is nobody here, nobody here worth becoming like. Not a single one of us, not a youth minister, not an elder here, not a parent here, and certainly not me. 
Do you want to know what happens when you make yourself the rabbi and you try to get people to be like you? Do you want to know what happens when you apply to be a disciple, not at Jesus Christ University, but, uh, but instead of the school of some random jabroni that's here on this earth? I'm going to show you. Just a few verses later, in Matthew 23, Jesus says the following, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Become a disciple. Become a disciple in the fullest sense of the word to a wretched sinner. And you will likely end up twice as screwed up as the rabbi who taught you. So don't make one of your messed up friends or some messed up pop star or messed up sports star to be your messed up rabbi because you will end up messed up mucho. That right there is not the way. When giving final instructions before his ascension, this was our second scripture reading, Jesus tells the apostles the following in what we call the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Of all nations. Do you see that? He wants students at his university from every part of the globe. Make disciples, he also says. He does not say make fans. He does not say make spectators. He does not say make enthusiastic hobbyists. He does not say make biblical experts. He does not say make one day per week enrollees. He does not say make admirers. He does not say make dabblers. He says make disciples. This is the way. I have a serious question for you, especially those of you in church leadership. Parents, too, listen up. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you're teaching. Look at what you're modeling. I ask you, what are you making? What are we making? Church, what are we doing here? The charge is very clear. After you put them in the water and bring them out of the water, disciple-making begins. And that means helping, encouraging, making people, making ourselves more like Jesus by the power of His Spirit. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? These are the words of Jesus before he talks about the relationship between the teacher and the disciple. Luke 6, 39. And the insinuation is clear and simple. The disciple will end up in the same place as the teacher. You follow a blind rabbi, you end up in a pit. You follow the all-seeing rabbi and become like him you end up in eternal bliss. And so for that reason, 
Perhaps above all others, I want to be a disciple of Jesus to end up the same place as him. This is the way. Returning to where we started, Luke 9, 23. Anyone may apply to be a disciple under the greatest teacher. But are you, but are you ready and willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to give up what you want and instead seek above all else what the Lord wants? Are you willing to lay down your life each day for the rest of your life in service to the Lord? The truth is that anyone may apply to be his disciple. Anyone. But very few have what it takes to graduate. Do you? Do you? I challenge you, if you're ready to make that commitment here tonight, we invite you to come forward as together we stand and as we sing.